Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. And welcome to episode 171 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And as you listen to the podcast today, uh, just take a few minutes and invite someone to come uh, be a part. Uh, and they can listen anytime they want to. They don't have to listen. But you know what they, they're doing now is called listening parties. So you can what? actually click and everybody oh. can listen together. Yeah. And it's like a listening party so you can have little chips in front of you. Chips. With a Coca-Cola. And then they can be on in their house and you know, having chips and Coca-Cola and you can have a party and listen to the podcast. Do you think anybody's actually going to do that? <laughs> I mean, that's a great idea, Pops. And I, I think, you know, well, it's, it's what they say. I, do you want to have I, a listening you know, party? I, I it think, says that. I think so. we're doing a great job with our podcast, but I don't think we're that great. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be any, well, I mean, who knows if, if you, if you have a listening party, let us know. Yeah, let and us if you know. have a listening party, We'd, we, uh, if you have a listening party, I will be at the party with you on yeah, my computer you, you watching. Are, you are very that. optimistic about the, um, yeah. Okay, I like that, Pops. I like your optimism and <laughs> invite people to have a listening party. Yeah, I feel a lot better this week than I did because I just got off vacation. You were on vacation. Yeah. You went to the mountains. It was gorgeous. It yeah. was beautiful. So all the leaves were, they're bright, vibrant colors. They are. Yeah. We saw some beautiful, oh, just, you just can't believe that God can make the colors yeah, that yeah, beautiful. I yeah. mean, just really pretty so you stayed in black mountain which is one of my favorite places we did we go there we, quite a bit it's mm-hmm. a beautiful area great coffee shop there yeah. and, uh, we, we love that coffee shop and we went to a little coin shop there and got some presents for christmas yeah what i like about black mountain is there's nothing there yeah exactly you go, you're, it's about you 20 minutes hang. from Asheville. Asheville's wild and crazy about like charleston there's a couple things I like in Asheville, but other than that, I really don't care for Asheville. It's just, it's a lot of people, mm-hmm. but Black Mountain is just nice and peaceful. It and is. We love it. We go to yeah. the little, have a little park in the middle of town. Anyway. Did y'all go to Chimney Rock? Uh, we don't because, you know, I can't walk. Ah, so. true, true, true. But there's still, there's yeah. a nice little town yeah. right there. Oh, no, we do go to the town. Yeah, yeah that's a neat place, too. We yeah. like Chimney Rock. Man, I love that area. I, I, uh, if I could go every weekend, I would. Yeah, it's really a I need, lot a, of fun. I need a mountain cabin. That'd be a good thing. Yeah, I think we need to invest in that yeah. and see how, you know, actually the staff could invest in it. We could just all, you know, take a different week. We, we could Im- <laughs> Well, for us to invest in that, Pops, we would need money. I think the... Oh, yeah, is yeah, that how that, investing that's, works? That's how, how that works. Okay. But, hey, maybe if you would get enough listeners to the podcast, we can start raising... Uh, who knows? Who knows, brother? We'll put on our wish list. Mountain cabin. Anyway, I'm feeling better. Good. I'm glad you're feeling better. Mountains is always good. Hey, I used to not really be a mountain person. Growing up, it's like, eh, they're mountains. They're just big hills. But I guess as you get old, and you would know about this, Pops. Yeah, I would. As you get old, just the mountains are, they just are, just are more significant to you, I guess. Uh, so I guess living uh, on the coast now, I'm like, okay, I see the beach all the time. I don't want to go to the beach. We mm-hmm. live on the beach. Let's go to the mountains. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's us uh, Charlestonians. That's how we've always felt. So. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good anyway. stuff. I'm glad you're refreshed and relaxed and mountain so this is a good week to invite people to come and be a part because i am on it because you're on it yeah so and i'm sure you are as well i hope so we'll find out i didn't go to the mountains so we'll see october not to toot my own horn but october is pastor's (laughs) appreciation month (laughs) well you are uh, appreciated i I am and i i I appreciate you 
people, um, it is amazing at our church. People constantly say, I appreciate you, Pastor. You mean so much to us. They say that us. to you? Yeah, they say well, that to me. Good for you, Pops. I'm glad uh, people so appreciate I, you. I appreciate you. But... Well, I know you do. You 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 love me, man. We, we're do. brothers I in the do. Lord, Absolutely. man. We're in the we're in the labor together. But 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 for the people to come and do that, you know, it, they just don't. And this is not pastor appreciation. I mean, they literally will come up and say that. Yeah. I get emails. I get cards. I get yeah, things. We like, have a very encouraging so church. We do. Which is very, we really very nice do. And makes it a blessing and a joy to serve. And so I thought it'd be fun uh, because it is pastor appreciation month. I mean, I don't know who started that holiday. I don't know. It was Abraham Lincoln or I don't know how long. I think it was James Dobson. James. <laughs> I really do. I'm not kidding because. That first time I ever heard it was on the Focus on the Family. Or I have something. no idea, and you know, whatever. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know that it was Abraham Lincoln. I don't. <laughs> who knows? It's it's great that it's on the calendar. Whoever started, thank you. But um, I thought it'd be fun to talk about. Um, you know, you and I have been doing this for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, just t- kind of talk about some of the reasons why we love being pastors Amen. because it is a unique. It is career, unique calling, unique job. And there are certainly, um, lots of stressors. Like as it always amazes me when I tell people what I do, um, and they're like, Oh, you do that. I'm like, yeah, I do that. It's great. You know, it's kind of like a negative reaction. Yeah, yeah, like, I, go, I think, oh. I think when people, um, you know, here, here, think about pastors. I mean, they think lots of things, I'm sure. But some people, when they think about pastors, think about some of the hardships, like just having to deal with lots of different stressors and all that. And there are some stressors and, and some might not think that at all. Some might think of, I don't know what you think when you think about what pastors do, uh, but it is a very rewarding a career, a very rewarding calling. And there are certainly like any career, mm-hmm. lots of challenges, um, but there are lots of great, great uh, benefits Amen. and joys Amen. to being a pastor. And, and, What's really cool for me is, is you know, um, I started pastoring when I was 24 years old. I, I served in my first full-time ministry position at 21. So I started full-time ministry when I was 21, which was really, really young. And and that was when you were... I, right out of college. When I graduated worship, college, or? I was a minister of worship okay. and discipleship. Okay. Right out of college. Um, man, it was, yeah, really young to be doing that. And then at 24, I took my first job as a lead pastor, my first church in Franklin, Franklinton, Louisiana. First Sunday, about 25 people there. It was was, it was, yeah, um, but it was good, and the church grew. It was a lot of fun. Um, so, so now I am forty-four. Mm-hmm. So I have, uh, you know, I have now been a pastor, a lead pastor for twenty years. It's a long That's time. Amazing. You've yeah. been one for how many years? I, uh, I would, a full-time pastor since uh, let's see, it would have been ninety-three was my first full-time pastor. You got me beat by a few years, pops. Yeah, so ninety-three. So when did you? What year did you start then? Let's see, forty-four. I mean, I had to do the math, and that okay, that'd be twenty twenty two thousand two. Yeah, right? two thousand two. Yeah, two thousand two. Yeah, two thousand two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I got you by about nine years. But yeah, I, I got in the pastorate late. I mean, I I was a all kind of stuff, and then I decided. Yeah, to which call is interesting. This is the only thing I know. Mm-hmm. Like I've had no other career but being a pastor. This is all I know. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that's not every pastor's story. Lots of pastors come out of yeah. different vocations. I think you know the pastor who was here before me, Pastor Sonny. Yeah, he came out of the banking world. He yeah, was a banker right. and then came into ministry full time. And for me, this is all I know. All I've done and probably all I can do. I I don't think I so, mean, brother, I, but anyway, if I if I lose my job, I'm in trouble. <laughs> you can always you can always play piano. I can play piano. Uh, <laughs> I guess I could. So, at any rate, so I want to talk about ten reasons just just briefly. And we got we got to fly. Yeah. Um, ten reasons why 
I love being a pastor. Maybe these are the same reasons why you love being a pastor as well, Trey. I don't know. You can tell me. I've already read these over, and I would agree. You would agree. I would agree. Okay, yeah. cool. Let's go. All right, number one, I get to see life transformation. That's really that the biggest. Yeah, one. that's the biggest joy of being a pastor oh, is man. to see. I mean, just over the years. I mean, you know, and um, and and this isn't unique to being a pastor. Any follower of Jesus can see this, right? We're all called to participate mm-hmm. in in God's work of making disciples and leading people to faith in Christ, and so anybody can see this. But but you know. I have a unique vantage point as a pastor. Man, I, I don't remember who I was talking to a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was talking to a young pastor. He came into my office to see me, uh, and I was just trying to encourage him. So, and I was just saying, we were sitting around my table in my office, and I was just talking about, hey, the number of people I've led to Christ sitting around this table is mind-boggling. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool to see the lights come on in somebody's eyes, to see them cross from death to life. And But not only that, I mean, I think about uh, those moments where I've had the opportunity to witness someone converting to faith in Christ, being born again. That's been awesome. But then to see people who've been, you know, struggling with oh, yeah. whatever, whether it's been an addiction or some other, you know, sinful lifestyle, and to see them overcome that, oh, the power man. of Christ transforming and that no longer being a struggle. Man, it's just, I mean, I remember when I was... Um, in Augusta years ago, when I first started ministry um, in, in that church where I served as a worship leader, um, there was a guy there who came to faith in Christ, uh, and, and he, he was that kind of guy that was, was partying all the time. But uh, once he came to faith in Christ, he never picked up you know, alcohol again, like wow. he put it down. Like, And that's, not, that's, that's kind of a unique story yeah, because you know, a lot of is. times it's progressive sanctification. Um, it just over time, you begin to d- d- defeat those, those sins that have uh, set into your life. But man, it was like this miraculous testimony. If he came mm-hmm. to Christ, he put it all down, you know, the, the smoking, the alcohol, and he never picked it up again. I mean, that's really cool to see those kinds of yeah. stories. And, you know, over 20 years, I've seen those kinds of stories over and over again. Man, that's, that stuff never gets old. Oh, it never does. And and when you see, and then when you see somebody, and this is also life transformation and interesting that you, I did not know that you started as a minister of discipleship yeah. and to see them discipling in that gradual yeah. transformation. We'll get to that later. That's yeah. on my list too. Uh, but that's cool too. Yeah. All right. Number two, I also get to preach weekly. I get to preach weekly, which exactly. is great. That is you great. You don't get to do that anymore. You miss it. Uh, I do. I know you get lots of opportunities because you preach to our students a lot. Yeah. And, I try. and we have so many staff members here. Yeah, we do. It's hard for me to get I'm everybody on the rotation to preach on Sunday mornings when, yeah, I'm, I'm, when I'm, I'm gone. I'm thankful that I get to preach when I do. Yeah. I'm never upset or, yeah. you know. Uh, it, it it actually, at first it was a relief because, man, that is a pressure on it's, you all It's the a time. grind. It's a grind. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Uh, but, I mean, that's that's the call. Any job you do well, it's going to be a lot of work. Yeah, it is. Um, Man, I, I just love doing that. I love the, and I remember when I came to, um, when I experienced that call to ministry, uh, I, I really remember just feeling specifically that call to to preach the word, right? I mean, I love every aspect of pastoral ministry, but there's just something unique about being able to stand before people and proclaim the word of God. And it, it is, it's a grind, it's work. Um, there's some pressure that goes along with it. I mean, you think every, I forget who I read or who I heard, uh, might've been a book I read or someone I heard speak one time, um, said one of the unique things about being a, a pastor who preaches every week is every Sunday you are laying yourself bare. Yeah. You're exposing yourself, you are. right? Because, um, you know, everybody's listening. And and I know over 20 years of preaching, I, I hope I've said some good things, but I've also had my blunders too, you know? Oh, and, man. And, and people are are more apt to pick up on the blunders than they are, and they're, they're more apt to remind you of the blunders. But Especially just, your wife. Yeah, right? I mean, so just the <laughs> idea that, you know, uh, scripture is inerrant. Scripture is, is, is inerrant, but I'm not, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And so even when I'm preaching the word of God, I'm gonna make some mistakes from time to time and all this 
those kind of things. But th- there is that pressure of knowing that every week I'm handling the word of God and mm-hmm. it's life or death. It's serious business. But man, what a joy to be able to over the years preach through books of the Bible, help people to understand scripture. Um, and it, there's just nothing like it. Nothing like it. One of the things I love about preaching is is also the the uh, the discovery part. Okay, you're preparing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, something just jumps off the page yeah, at you. Yeah. And you go, man, yeah. that that's is amazing. Really, that's so. what I talk to guys about who are in um, pastoral ministry as well is, man, I I get paid to do this, right? <laughs> like, I get paid yep. to study the Word of God, to have those moments in my study where, like you said, it just, I mean, the, the preaching it on Sunday morning is is wonderful, but the study each week is wonderful. Mm-hmm. To be able to get in the Word of God and to uh, interact with the Scripture and to, you know, read great theologians and what they uh, uh, thought about, you know, various verses. I mean, that's, that's and then to have those Spirit-led moments where, you know, it does, it just jumps off the page. I mean, it's just really cool stuff. So, yeah, I'm glad I get to do that. So we get to see transformation, we get to preach weekly, and we get to be at some of the best moments of life. Yeah, there's just something unique about being a pastor where you just have the opportunity to be at some some very unique moments in the lives of individuals. Over the years, I mm. cannot tell you how many... Um, how many families I've been with when, when, uh, you know, that, that, that new child was born. Oh yeah. That's, that's powerful, beautiful. man. I mean, that's that just really cool to be there and be able, you know, when that mom and dad are holding that baby for the first time to be able to, uh, be in that, that hospital room and, and pray over that child. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really cool experience. And so just those kinds of moments, I mean, over the years being able to, um, uh, have, uh, high school students invite me to speak at their graduations. Uh, I mean, that, yeah. That's really an honor and a really cool thing. I mean, so those, just those big life moments, right? Mm-hmm. The number, I don't know how many weddings you've done over the years pops, but I mean, I've Lots. done quite a few yeah. weddings and to be there when, you know, uh, a Christian man and a Christian woman say, I've done some weddings that weren't Christians too, um, but that's another podcast episode probably. Um, <laughs> but, but to have those moments yeah. where, you know, to see, you know, two people committing their lives together before God mm-hmm. and being involved in that, that's, that's a really cool. And, and, you know, to be able to um, help couples prepare for that through premarital counseling. I mean, those are, those are big life moments that, you know, as pastors, we get to be a part of, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I just don't take that lightly. I mean, it's, it's a joy. And then you're doing what you get usually a good meal afterwards. I mean, it's a lot of fun too. The but meal. yeah, they're right. And the cake, I mean, it's all good, but just to be able to be with people in yeah. the, the, just those best moments of life is just really, really a joy. And I don't take that for granted. That's just really cool that, that those of us who serve in pastoral ministry, we have those kinds of opportunities. And then number four kind of dovetails off that in that I get to be at some of the hardest moments yeah. of life. I remember the first time I um, was in the room when someone went to be with Jesus. That was tough. Yeah. That was tough. Um, you know, to see that lady uh, breathe her last breath. I mean, I, we knew that she was uh, stepping into mm-hmm. eternity, but still, I mean, that hardest moment of life. Um, and I remember in that particular, and she was an elderly lady, so, I mean, it, it wasn't one of those tragic, you know, she died in some kind of tragic death. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, she just came to the end of her life and walking to uh, eternity with Christ, which is beautiful. But it was still hard to see someone die. Yeah. And I remember, um, um, you know, sometime later, her daughter said to me, you know, I'm just thankful that you were just there. You were there. You were there. You were present. You're, I was going to say, your and presence that, that's really is so cool, big, right? And just, cool. you know, I mean, uh, not that, you know, just, but just knowing that her pastor was there was a big deal for her in that moment when her mom died. And, you know, I've been obviously in some other difficult situations where, you know, I've seen some untimely deaths and oh, been yeah. with families, you know, after tragic incidents and, um, and those things are hard, 
But at the same time, while they're hard over the years, it has been a joy to walk with people through um, the valley of the shadow of death. Um, you know, I just over over 20 years of ministry, there have been those high moments of much joy, but there's been those low moments of much sadness. And man, I, I have shed a lot of tears in ministry, yes. just grieving with people as they've gone through just deep, dark trials. But at the same time, to be able to walk with them through those deep, dark trials when I've had the opportunity mm-hmm. to do so, man, it's been a tremendous privilege and joy. And I don't take that lightly either. You know, I think um, people don't see us cry a yeah. lot because we need to be strong for them, but they don't know on the ride home. Yeah. You know how the I don't where know, the man. weeping yeah, comes. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, I, I've kind of the older I get, the more I tend to cry with people. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know. And I, I just it seems to man. I just the older I get, the more the difficulties of life just seem to to hit me a little bit harder. You know, just the the grieving with people. You know, and um, I guess yeah. what I'm saying. They'll a lot of people see us at the funeral, and they, we're up there right. preaching. That's we're right. usually that's not. Right. We that's know right. crying. Uh, but anyway. That's right. Yeah, but 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 still, I consider it a great privilege, and I know you do, pops, Amen. as well, to be able Amen. to be with people in those hard moments. Amen. And number five, I get to know I am prayed for. Yeah, that's really cool. Wow, I mean, that is huge. Yeah, because I I. I I get it all the time that people will, you know, email me or text me or just tell amazing? me, you know, tell me on a Sunday morning, hey, man, I'm praying for you this week. I mean, and I know that. I know that within this church, I have a lot of people uh, that, that pray for me on a regular basis mm-hmm. that lift me up, not only lift me up, but lift our entire staff up, uh, lift my family up to mm-hmm. the Lord. Man, that's really cool to know that in a church like ours, um, there's a ton of people, a ton of people, a lot of people that are regularly praying for their pastors. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And I appreciate that. I mean, that's... That's very humbling to know that today when people got up, my name was on their list before God. <laughs> That's really cool. It, it is humbling is definitely the word. Yeah. I yeah. And uh, I appreciate every prayer that's offered for me and for my family and for, for our and, staff. And I will say it makes a difference. Yeah, don't ever give up. Don't ever give into that. Yeah, I mean, thinking that you're not making a difference. Cause in my life, I know many times yeah. people said I was praying for you and you didn't even know that's it, right. but you, you felt that's it right. and you said, I, right. knew, I knew that. And so. I hope our people know that we're praying for them too. Amen. Amen. And and trying to, to the best of our ability for sure. But that's very much appreciated. Number six, I get to disciple men in the faith. Yeah, that's been cool too, to be able to take men and walk with them uh, just through life and to help them to understand the word of God, how it applies to their lives and, uh, and to see life transformation in that way, that, that slow progress, Mm -hmm. right? Progressive sanctification that, that God over the course of our lives is a work within us. And just, man, I could tell you story after story after story of, of life change that I've seen just through intentional discipleship. Mm -hmm. You you know, my story pops. I tell my story all the time that I was a product of intentional discipleship. another man pouring his life into me. And I've always tried to do that as well. Excuse me. And, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, and, and that's something that, that, you know, isn't necessarily unique to pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. Any man of faith right. or any woman of faith can make disciples. In fact, you're called to. Exactly. Um, but the but there's something about, from my vantage point, being able to do that. I mean, it's just really, I mean, I could tell you stories from here at Northwood. I could say from every church I've pastored, mm-hmm. I can tell you stories of how I've seen God do amazing work in the lives of men that I was able to, over the course of time, spend a lot of time with and how God transformed them. It's just really cool stuff. And that, that to me is, is, um, you know, just as much fun as, you know, preaching every week or any other ministry responsibility, be able to sit down. Like right now, I've got a group of guys I meet with every Friday morning at six o'clock at the Waffle House. Um, 
Yes, that that is the highlight of my week. Mm. I, I, those those men are brothers in Christ. They're encouraging to me. They hold me accountable, and they be able to sit with them and just you know talk through the word together mm. and see the lights come off and in their brains. And we were talking last week in my discipleship group uh, through through Revelation twenty one and twenty two, wow. and uh, and just to see the lights come off, mm. you know, or go off about the new heaven and new earth and what Christ is saving us for. It was a lot of fun, man. That. I love that. That's really good stuff. I had uh, one of the guys I'm discipling. He, he, <laughs> we were going through how the presence of God was with us and in the discipleship material and the temple and why the temple was there. You know the yeah, things yeah, that yeah. we do with that. And and all of a sudden he looks at me and he says, "Why has no one told me this before?" <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, he's like, and so to see these lights yeah, come on, yeah. and I mean, you just see this moment. And, yeah, it's really and cool. From, to be a part of that is Absolutely. just incredible. Absolutely. All right. And then this also is a, is a good reason. And I get to train young men for ministry. Yeah, that's been kind of new for me because I, I, for a long time I was the young man. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like in the last few years, I'm not the young man anymore. Now I'm the old man. Mm-hmm. And, well, you and I. Mean, well, I mean, I, but still, I'm, 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 middle age, I'm a middle-aged Older. dad. I'm yeah. a middle-aged dad. I'm in my mid-40s. And I never thought I would be this old in my life. I always thought I'd be in my 20s and 30s. But you know, it happened. I got here. Yeah, it does happen. Um, but, you know, just kind of seeing in my own life how, you know, how how my ministry has um, shifted just a bit. Mm-hmm. Because it, being young, it was a lot being poured into you know, guys teaching me how to preach or teaching me how to pastor. Mm-hmm. And, and now at 44 and having done this for 20 years, I'm getting to kind of be on the flip side of that and being able to invest in young men mm-hmm. and teaching them how to preach and teach them how to pastor. And man, that's been a lot of fun and a great joy, uh, you know, because you're part of our preaching live every single week and seeing those guys yeah, kind of get amazing. it. And to see some of the guys that not only are in preaching live, but then to be able to take them and not only develop their preaching skills, but their ability to pastor and lead people yeah. and have, have conversations. And then I have guys that, I mean, I, I just never thought I'd get to this point in my life where now I have guys that call me wanting counsel. Isn't that? I mean, that's, that's just weird. I used to be hey, that Pastor guy Tommy, calling what you, Yeah, what would you, you know? do in this situation? Like, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, I wanna, <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's just been really cool to be on the other side of that yeah, where now you have yeah. some guys that are that are, are seeking out for, for counsel and wisdom in different areas of ministry. And I mean, that's, that's a joy. And it's, it's just really fun because I don't know if you know this, Trey, um, the, the average age of pastors in the United States is old. Really? Yeah, like it's it's fifty to sixty. It's like the average age of the I pastors so. in the United but, States is 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 somewhere in the fifties to sixties. We just don't have a lot of young pastors, and mm. and and we're not training in our seminaries enough pastors to fill the needs that we're going to have in our country when a next generation of pastors begins to retire and step out steps out of ministry. And of all my friends that were in seminary with me studying for the pastor, yeah, a lot of them I'm don't the make it. Yeah, left. a lot of them don't make it. A lot of guys just don't make it because of lots of reasons, mm-hmm. the pressures or moral yeah. failures yeah. or whatever the case may be. And so to be able to, at this point in my life, to kind of pour myself into some Amen. young men who are trained for ministry is a big deal because we need lots of young men answering the call of God in their lives. We, they, young men who are followers of Jesus need to see that pastoral ministry is a joy and a blessing. Amen. And if the call of God is on your life for that, you need to pursue it. And, and um, it, it's the yeah. model of Paul and Timothy. Yep, absolutely. The model of Paul and Timothy. Absolutely. And what, the impact that Timothy was then able to make yeah. uh, throughout the next uh, next generation. And that's what we're looking for. And absolutely. That, and, and that leads to the next generation as well, which is number eight. I get to see my children grow up in the ministry. Yeah, which is really cool. Now, you know this because you have children who grew up in the ministry too. Um they're, they're and, and everybody jokes about preachers' kids, mm-hmm. right? Preachers' kids and deacons' kids, or, mm-hmm. 
and whatever. I, I get well, it. Well, the preacher's kids are bad because they hang out with the deacon's kids. Something like that. Yeah. But, you know, I, and I get it. There's, there's, there's a sense where because of what I do, um, you know, eyes are sometimes more strategically focused mm. on my wife and my kids. And I get that. And I, I'm, I'm completely fine with that. But on the flip side of that, I mean, just to think, I mean, my kids get to grow up around uh, the things of God. Amen. That's in a, a very real way. They're at that every, was my prayer yeah. every single day for them. They're at every ministry event we do. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they see the sacrifices we're making to serve the Lord. I mean, they're, they're learning. They're growing. I mean, that's, that's really cool for me. And not only that, I know the, the jokes about preacher's kids and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there are people in this church who love all my kids like crazy, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I think for them, and I've told them over and over again, you know, you have a unique uh, place in life because, you know, you are, you are preacher's kids. Um, you might sometimes get some unfair criticism. That's part of life. But you also get a lot of love and mm-hmm. nurturing uh, because, you know, because we have a church that, that blesses their pastors and, and you get to be the beneficiary of that. So uh, my kids are, are growing up in ministry with a lot of love and a lot of support and a lot of encouragement. Mm-hmm. They're getting to see the work of God in, in our home, in our ministry. Um, that's really cool. I, I'm very thankful that my my family gets to be a part of this work. I mean, and, and that's I think that's one of the th- unique things about pastoral ministry, the vocation of pastoral ministry. Um, if, if, you know, if I was in another career, uh, my kids probably wouldn't get a front row seat to that no. career quite as much as they get a front row seat to the career I'm in as a pastor. So I mean, that's just one of the unique things about being a pastor in ministry is my, my kids get a front row seat to the career I'm in and they get a front row seat to the, the work of God and the life of his people in a very unique way. Now, obviously, any kid that grows up in the church has tremendous advantage in life and and is around the things of God. But I think just as a pastor with pastor's children, there's some unique things there that I'm pretty thankful for. And, you know, over the and, and I remember being in... Um, seminary and all this kind of stuff where we were told, Hey, you're going to live like a kind of glass bowl, always on display, yada, yada, yada. I I've never really felt that way. I mean, I feel like people have respected my family, mm-hmm. have given us space, have respect our privacy. I have never felt like, you know, my family's on display because we're in pastoral ministry. Oh, I have a few stories, yeah. but we'll... I'm sure you do. <laughs> and, and everybody's experience is a little bit different. Yeah, and, yeah. and part of it, okay. and, and maybe for me, part of it is that, you know, I just don't well, care. Mine are I mean, funny yeah. stories, though. It's not like invasive. It's just funny. But, you know, they assume things because you're the pastor that your life is an open book and they're allowed to come into your house all the time yeah. and all this stuff, you know. So the, uh, they're, they're good things, but my kids were able to, I feel like my kids were able to see the inner workings yeah, of everything. Yeah, that's really cool. And in and, and my job, in my yeah. my ministry, not just my ministry, but my job. Yeah. And so I didn't know what my dad did. Yeah. I mean, I know he went to work every yeah. day and he came home. Yeah. You know, that's all I knew. And we did hobbies together, but I never knew. But my kids got to experience that yeah. almost every day. So, yeah. And, yeah. and you can see in your family just the kind of the benefits of that. Now you have two sons that are serving in pastoral ministry, one a church planner and one a working with a church, kind of as their school administrator. And I yeah. know he does a bunch of other things too. Yeah. But I mean, that that's really cool. Yeah. And that, that's the opportunities yeah, we have. Absolutely. Number nine. I get to see people take huge steps of faith. That's a big deal, yeah. right? We, we talk about life transformation. We talk about discipleship, but those big steps of obedience that someone takes, when someone does, right, mm-hmm. someone that you've been discipling or mentoring answers that call to begin serving in pastoral ministry. Man, that's huge. One of the the, the joys I've had over the years um, as a pastor is, is, and I don't get to do this as much anymore, one, because of COVID, it hasn't let me do it 
as much. And two, because we have Logan now, who's our missions pastor, and he leads all our international mission trips. Yeah. Uh, I don't get to do that quite as much as I did maybe in some former churches I pastored. Um, but to be able to see people uh, have their first international mission experience, taking a big step of faith, where I would never, you know, people would say, I, I never thought I would, you know, go to Russia or go mm. to China and several mission that was just not on my radar, but, you know, God, you know, kind of moved me towards this. And, and I get to help them in that process and I get to be with them on that journey. That has been really, really, really cool oh, is yeah. to see people take those kinds of steps of faith and see their eyes open on the mission field internationally to the work that the Spirit of God is doing, not only in the Charleston area where we are, but all around the world. Mm-hmm. That's just really, really cool to see people take those kinds of steps of faith and to see the fruit of those steps of faith, how it changes them and opens mm-hmm. their eyes and gives them a greater passion for lostness around the world. That's been really cool to see people take those kinds of steps of faith over the years. Amen. Number 10. And the last one, I get to help people think through how to respond to the issues of life. Yeah, so a lot of pastors uh, will say things like this, like, um, I'm not a counselor, or I don't like counseling, or whatever the case may be. And, and, and I'm not a, uh, the best counselor either. I'm learning and growing in that area. But I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy, you know, sitting uh, down with people and, and, and helping them to think through how they should respond biblically to certain situations yeah. of life. I, I enjoy working with, with couples that are maybe having some struggles in their marriage and want to know what God's word says about how they should, you know, um, serve each other in their marriage or whatever the case may be. I, I've really grown to enjoy uh, the, uh, the, the, counseling part of ministry to be able to sit down and help people think through in specific life situations. Here's how God's word um, applies to your life. That's been really, really cool. And again, that's just kind of a unique role that a pastor uh, gets to play. I mean, I know there, there are all kinds of places people can turn for counseling, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of people, uh, one place is they'll first turn if they're involved in the church is to their pastor. Yeah. And that's, that, that is, you know, a tremendous way to know that, but also just a tremendous privilege to be able to sit down with somebody just from a biblical perspective. uh, Let's think through this and see if we can uh, help you have some wisdom in this particular area. That's been a great joy over the years is to grow in that, that ability to counsel and to grow in that um, uh, privilege that God has given us as pastors to help people think through different situations in life. Man, there, 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 there are 10 reasons why, and I could list more and you could too, Pops, uh, of why I love yeah. pastoring. We could probably list 10 reasons of why we don't like it sometimes too, right? <laughs> I mean, there's, there are again, challenges, yeah. but man, overall, I think about 20 years of ministry and I think about, you know, Pastor Appreciation Month and all those kinds of things. And yeah, I know that you or I or any pastor, there are lots of different things we could be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we, we've answered God's call to serve in this Amen. particular way with our lives. And man, it really, really is a privilege and a joy. And I'm glad Amen. we get to do it every day. And I just want to say thank you for ser- help letting me serve here at Northwood. And yeah. I know you would say the same thing. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Uh, so, a, joy. So, so pastor, as we close, uh, get us ready for next yeah, week. Yeah. Well, I hope this has been, I know this has been a little bit different that you just kind of been hearing about us and our hearts, uh, but I hope this has been an encouragement and a blessing to you. And if it has been an encouragement and blessing to you, go ahead hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That helps us to get word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.